Hello and welcome into episode number 12 of the Todd Pod. Before we get going, we'd like to thank some sponsors today. MidFirst Bank, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, the Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, and Fire Lake Casino. And don't forget to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on full Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is still the best in Oklahoma. It is episode 12 of the Todd Pod, and today's guest is up the Turner Turnpike. He is KTUL's TJ Eckert. He's the sports director there. TJ, welcome to the Todd Pod. Good to have you on board here at selloutcrowd.com. Yeah, good to be here, Todd. Looking forward to this. So you and I were on a uh, sports media panel this week, which means we're really interesting and intelligent people, uh, right. talking to some prospective sports media students. And, you know, I know you told this story the other day, but obviously a lot of our viewers and listeners did not hear this. So just in general, what's your backstory? Tell everybody who T.J. Eckert is and how T.J. Eckert got to be the sports director at KTUL. Yeah, so went to graduate from Bixby, went to UCO, Central Oklahoma and Edmond, uh, played football there, walked on the golf team my last semester, uh, went there for broadcasting, went there for psychology first, I guess, technically. Dropped that quickly. Went into broadcast. Uh, interned at Channel 9 the summer before my senior year. After I graduated, went to Joplin, Missouri. That's my first job out of TV or out of college in TV. And from there, was there for about a year. Channel 8 had two openings come up in 2018. Both their sports guys left. I, I pitched that I'm young, you're desperate, and I'm cheap. And it it worked out, I suppose. So... I got there in April of 2018 as the number two and then became sports director right at the end of 2019, right before 2020 and the world shut down. So I've been there for about five years now. So you uh, you mentioned Bixby, Green Country. Mm -hmm. That is your you are a Tulsan born and bred, right? I mean, your yes. your roots go back to Tulsa. Your dad uh, worked at the Tulsa Police Department. Right. So you are a 918 Is that fair to say? That's right. Yeah. So I was born at St. Francis there at okay. whatever that is, 61st in Yale. Uh, I went to Union my first two years, kindergarten and first grade. And, and believe it or not, Todd, my parents wanted to move out of Union because it was getting too big. So they chose Bixby, which you, <laughs> you say that now, you're like, your, right, your parents are right. delusional, but Bixby's huge. Back then, it was a bunch of sod farms. So that was, uh, that was a good move for us. And yeah, but my dad, by the way, you mentioned him, uh, 30, 31 years now on TPD, I believe. That's amazing. I know. Uh, I know the true story, which is that Bixby recruited you when you were in the first grade. <laughs> That's right. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> actually, actually, Union might have asked Bixby to take you. I think was what I said. <laughs> they were trying to get rid of me, and Bixby was the only one who would accept. <laughs> so you working in Tulsa and growing up in Tulsa, I feel like you have a unique perspective because you grew up in Tulsa. You came and played at UCO and interned here in the media market in Oklahoma City. Um, and now you're back in Tulsa working. You've also got the small media market uh, angle as well from working a small time in Joplin. So I feel like you're mm -hmm. pretty well-rounded, even though you're young in this region. So I want to ask you, TJ, um, as someone who grew up in the 405, lived in Oklahoma City, would go visit Tulsa from time to time. I guess you would be better suited to answer this question than me. But what is kind of the dynamic between OU and OSU fans in Tulsa? Is it a 50-50 split? Is Tulsa more an OU city than an OSU city? How do you see it? You know, we hear taught all the time that Tulsa is a kind of a hotbed for Oklahoma State alums. And I feel like that's true. I feel like I run into a lot of OSU people or OSU bumper stickers. 
But it feels like OU is kind of king throughout the state, and, and obviously not in Stillwater, but it feels like OU kind of carries carries the water. And when I got to the station here at KTUL, that was kind of what I was told was like, hey, OU is kind of our breadwinner. That's that's who we kind of run with. If you really want to dive into the numbers, if when KTUL airs an OU or an OSU game, typically the ratings will heavily favor OU in terms of what we will pull. Uh, so there'll be times where an OU game will pull a 25, which is really high. Uh, their OSU games are only in the mid teens or something like that. So that's, those numbers may not mean anything, but that just kind of gives you a reference point of, of the ratings there. But I, I will say that OSU does have quite a, quite a bit of pull here because there, I think there's quite a few alum who graduate and just kind of migrate over to the Tulsa area. So you guys have the interesting situation of also literally having another D1 football program in your city, yeah. in Tulsa. So where does Tulsa fall into the coverage and the support when it comes to the uh, 918 area? They're definitely number three, still behind OU and OSU. But I would say that when they're good, they still will get a pretty decent crowd. The problem with Tulsa, Todd, is that they're just such a small school. So that in turn would mean that the alumni base is small. So, right. you know, there's just not as much alumni support for TU. Now, the alumni that are from TU are generally pretty well off because they're getting law degrees or they're becoming doctors or, or you know, something along those lines, which can be the case for OU and OSU as well. But it feels a little more, feels a little more like that at TU. So, when Tulsa's good, they can pull a crowd. You know, the Temple game was a Thursday night game a couple weeks ago, and it was it was a pretty decent crowd for a Thursday night and playing Temple. Now, obviously, the OU game was sold out. I think OU brought the majority of those fans, clearly, but they've done pretty well. And if they continue to win, that, that stadium's pretty full for, for TU football. Yeah, and for a small school, it's a perfect little small stadium as well. Yes, it really yes. is. A, it's one of those, if you do get a chance to watch Tulsa play anybody, one of my favorite memories ever, TJ, I uh, I was talking to Eli Letterman about this earlier this year when OU was going to Tulsa. I had a, a teammate that was being recruited by Tulsa, and he went on a recruiting visit, and you get to bring two people with you. Mm -hmm. And he brought me and our quarterback with him. Uh, he was an offensive lineman, and we went with him to Tulsa and watched a freshman from TCU run for about 240 yards by the name of LaDainian Tomlinson. Oh. So. You know, you every once in a while, you'll have players. I know Chris Johnson, uh, the East Carolina back, came through Tulsa as well. You'll have some big-time players that you get a chance to see in a really cool little small stadium there. So uh, I've always found Tulsa to be interesting, and I think with Kevin Wilson, there's going to be a lot of intrigue. And I'm sure there are some OU fans that are maybe paying a little more attention to Tulsa just because of the Kevin Wilson angle. I think so, and, you know, He's been great, too, by the way. Shout out to Kevin Wilson in terms of answering questions about OU. You know, some coaches are kind of weird about that when they get to a different school. It's like, no, my focus is solely on my team, et cetera. And I asked him about OU Texas memories, and he rattled off a couple really good answers and didn't seem bothered by the question. So he's he's been really good and understanding that, hey, I'm at TU, but I know I'm also in OU country still, too. And so I think that's helped. And yeah, I think there's been a little bit more interest in the program because they have a, a big name, somewhat local coach there now. Yeah, and if you missed it, uh, Kevin Wilson joined my coworker and close personal friend and confidant, Bob Stoops, on Conversations right. with Coach <laughs> earlier this year. So you can check that out as well. 
Um, you know, OU's going into the SEC. The Big 12's looking different, TJ. With OU going into the SEC, I'm always a little bit amazed every time I'm in Tulsa at just how often I see Arkansas stuff. So now mm. that Arkansas is in Oklahoma's conference, do they get more coverage? Do you pay a little more attention to the Razorbacks now in the coming years? It's been hard. And, I, and honestly, I've probably done a bad job of it because I know there's a lot of Arkansas fans in and around our area. It's I'll blame it on the fact that weather gets too much time in our station. So I don't have <laughs> enough time to – I can't cover you all four people, schools. You sports people are always blaming weather people for everything. <laughs> Chris Lincoln, longtime sports anchor at Channel 8, used to always say that when, when something else was going on in sports and there's nothing going on in weather, that Don Woods, legendary meteorologist at Channel 8, would take 30 seconds. He'd say, it's hot out, over to you, Chris. And Chris would right. take six and a half minutes. That's what he would say. I don't know if I, how much I believe that. Chris is, hasn't done this for a while, so maybe the number's grown. It's like, a, it's like a fish. It just keeps growing as the years go on. Right. But uh, I think uh, – Arkansas has gotten some love from us this year because they have some local guys and they've done a really good job of recruiting local. And by local, I mean the Tulsa area. AJ Green's a really good running back, played at Union. And then obviously the, the big one this year that people are talking about is Luke Haz, who's tight end. And even in the preseason, some of his teammates and some coaches were saying he's one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. So he's gotten, they've gotten some love from us in, in that angle. But going to the SEC, it kind of feels like you almost have to cover them more because that's an opponent that OU will likely face or has a chance to face every year. And so I think there's a little more intrigue from OU fans too, to see how Arkansas is doing when they're watching the news. So I I think, I think we'll get to them a little bit more. I don't think we'll go cover their games just because there's so many other teams we have to cover, but we'll definitely mention them a lot more, I think. So TJ, you've got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Tulsa, all of those are pretty vague team names and all could be supported by people in Tulsa. But you've also got a pro team that's literally called the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, <laughs> it, is a, it is something that Oklahoma City takes a lot of pride in. Like right now, Oklahoma City's trying to pass uh, you know, an extension of the penny sales tax so that they can build a new arena. Um, just in general, in Tulsa, what is the vibe when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder because I've been there for some playoff games, and like there are still, a, I think, a pretty hardcore base of Thunder fans in Tulsa that go out and watch the games on TV at the local establishments. I think so. I think Tulsa cares about the Thunder. I think Tulsa and probably Oklahoma City, to an extent, really aren't pro sports towns still. Oklahoma City feels more like one because they have a pro team. Tulsa's got two minor league teams with FC Tulsa and soccer, and then the Drillers, it's a double-A team. So we just... We're such a college town, and so when there's not a team directly affiliated with us, it might be a little harder to pull that support, but I think we're just passionate about Oklahoma sports in general, so I think that's why you see a ton of support for the Thunder here in Tulsa. The preseason game, we get one pretty much every year. We have another one this year with the with the Pistons. Tends to be an okay crowd. It's normally like on a Wednesday or a Thursday night at the BOK Center, which uh been voted the arena of the year many times, if you're wondering. We don't have a problem with our arena here in Tulsa. I Just know you wait. Just you wait. <laughs> but I, it's 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 pulled decent crowds for a preseason game. I think it's not bad. But it's normally a weeknight. It's random. It's In years past, most of the stars don't play. So it's been okay. I think it, the support will only continue to grow to what it maybe was when during the Durant Westbrook years, whenever the Thunder start getting really good again. And I, it feels like we're getting pretty close. So I would say that 
at least in our coverage, kind of to link those questions together. We we still cover the Thunder pretty pretty heavily here, even even during football season. We'll we'll do stuff with them as well. So 2006 was Hurricane Katrina. So pretty much unstopped since 2006, aside from mm-hmm. that one year without. Oklahoma City has had NBA basketball. That does not even come close to the streak that the 918 and the Tulsa metro area has when it comes to high school football, especially at the highest levels. So, you know, that goes all the way back to 1995, the last time a West Side team won in the biggest class. Uh, Bixby has done that now. Broken Arrow's done it. You know, it's all of those schools up there. It started with just Jinx and Union. But for what Tulsa may lack in you know, that you mentioned they're not a pro town. Is Tulsa more of a high school city? Uh, is it more of a high school town? Do they support high school athletics better than the 405? That's a good question. Do you mind really quick if I give you a story about the 06 Hornets since you you brought them up? Not at all. <laughs> 06, I, I turned 13 to age myself a little bit. Cool. It was my 13th birthday, sorry. My 13th birthday, and my dad had a connection in Oklahoma City with one of the security guys. And for my 13th birthday party, I got to bring me and three friends or four friends to a Hornets game. And I got to be a ball boy for the game. So I was down on the floor and two, two core memories stand out from that one. They were playing the Timberwolves and during pregame ball boys dish out passes. Right. And so I was I passed to Kevin Garnett. Like I thought that was just the coolest thing. KG was there. Chris Paul was obviously there, too. And I passed to him. That was fun. But Kevin Garnett, that one stood out. The second one was after the game, I was in the locker room. And first off, those guys are massive. I'm 13. But I got autographed shoes from Hilton Armstrong. If that nice. rings a bell to anybody. UConn, UConn I think. great. Yeah, UConn there you go. great, Hilton Armstrong. Uh, I think he had size like 17 shoes. So for the longest time, I had his shoes in my room, and he put a bar of soap in them, which I was like, that's weird. Why would someone do that? But it was to keep them smelling nice. Had never heard that before. So anyway, kind of off topic there, but I had to share the 2006 Hornets story there. Um, uh, Kevin Garnett didn't use any curse words, did he? He did not. Actually, I will say I threw him a good pass, but one of the other ball boys later on in shoot around threw him a pass when he wasn't looking and hit him in the chest. He got really angry, and we couldn't Ooh. pass to him anymore. So, have you heard the uh, Have you heard the Larry Bird story? No. When uh, the story was, that, I can't remember who told the story, but guy's son was at a Celtics game, and Bird shoots a shot, and the ball bounces past Bird, like to the front row seats where his son was, and his son picks up the ball and says, "Can I shoot it, Mister Bird?" And Larry goes, "Give me the effing ball, kid." <laughs> Which that's kind of the vibe I get from Kevin Garnett too, and I kind of love it to be honest with you. Uh, but no, back to, back to your question about high school sports in the nine one eight. Yeah, there you go. I think uh, I think that's a really good point because I I've covered six A games in Oklahoma City in terms of like one of our one of our teams goes to the west side to play, and it's just a completely different vibe. And I think there's just it sounds so cliche and coach speaky to say it feels more there's more buy in to high school football here than there is on the west side, and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if it's the success. Probably has more so to do with the West Side splitting schools than than anything else, in my opinion. I think having one school for all of our big schools has has that sense of community and pride and tradition. Whereas on the West Side, you've split so much that it's hard to kind of have that sense. There's just not much winning tradition yet over there, and so I think every Friday night is a really big deal for for us over here. I know 
again, back to TV coverage, we do so much with high school football because that's what people want to watch. The kids love seeing themselves on TV. The parents eat it up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's a it's a really big deal to them, and it's a big deal to us. And so I don't know when that streak's going to end, going on now 6A1 technically. I'm not sure when it'll end. It's uh, all four of the traditional powers tend to be good every year, and then now Bixby's in 6A1. And, I mean, I was there – when we jumped to 6A and Coach Montgomery's first year was my junior season. And he was, obviously, we were in over our head because we hadn't split yet. So we were playing all the big dogs and we were the one of the small schools in 6A. But you could kind of feel that program starting to get built his, those first two years. And it's it took off in 6A2 and it's, it's only continued now that they're 6A1. Now, before we move on, I, I do agree with you to some extent. I do think that the school splitting has a lot to do with it. But let's be let's be real here. Bixby's the smallest school in 6A1, and they yep. just won the state title. You said the words buy-in, and look, I know that this is going to be a hot topic, but I, there's literal buy-in on the east side of the state as well, right? Like booster clubs are putting in more money to these programs, and in some cases it is because they come from more affluent areas, but also – there are a lot of affluent areas in Oklahoma City that don't put that kind of money into their programs. You look at the big five, Todd. G- Union, Jinx, Broken Arrow, Wasso, Bixby. If you just walk into their stadiums, Bixby's probably, and you said they're the smallest and they are, Bixby's probably the only one that doesn't feel like a like a small D1 stadium, and it's still mm-hmm. really nice. And because, you know, Union's is clearly one of the best, if not the best in the state. Jinx is solid. Wasso's is really nice. BA is massive. They have so many kids. So there is, you can see the buy-in. And if you want to talk like physical buy-in to a program, I'll tell a quick story about Club 225 at Bixby just because I was a part of it. Uh, 225 is power clean. If you can power clean 225, 225 pounds, you're in Club 225. Coach Montgomery brought that to Bixby when he got there. My first year, his, his first year, we had like six guys who could do it. I was not one of them. I never was able to do that in high school. But you you get a shirt, a, a bumper sticker, and your name goes on a banner in the weight room. And so there's like six guys that first year. There's like 12 guys the next year. But if you go back now and you look at all the banners, there's probably close to 100 guys that are on Club 225 now at Bixby. And you can look at the banners and see physical evidence of that program being bought into through the years. And so that, that, I don't know what it looks like on the west side, but it it looks like that over here. All right, before you go, TJ, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, and I'm going to really put you on the spot here in a second. But first, I want you to tell me, as someone who's covered sports now for what, about, what, seven years? Yeah, You've done this? on seven, yeah. On, for seven years, what's your favorite uh, moment as far as covering a game or an event? Ooh, that is good. I, it, I go back to OU Texas, and there's two of them. The first one I think I pulled from was, it was in a loss, was Kyler Murray, the long run he had uh, late in the game against Texas to kind of, bring them back into it, scored a touchdown. He ran right into my camera, basically. And just the noise from that run was was incredible. The other one would be Kennedy Brooks scoring the, the game winner uh, in 22, or 21, excuse me. Uh, that was sweet. That was right in our, our corner. It was in the OU section of the stadium, too. So both of those, both in OU, Texas, so it's kind of cheating. But th- those were two pretty incredible moments. Uh yeah, Kennedy Brooks did not score in twenty two. I could, nobody yeah, scored he, in twenty two. Yeah, zero. There were zero points scored. <laughs> uh, what's your most embarrassing moment covering sports? Like I've seen, I've seen you probably seen the fo- the video of the guy whose pants fell off on the sideline because he got bumped into the older fella. You haven't had anything like that happen yet, have you? I haven't had that. 
Haven't had a okay, boom cool. goes dynamite moment. Haven't haven't had that. You know, I really it's honestly been pretty smooth. I haven't been ran into either on the sidelines covering any sports. Uh, I haven't had any huge issues with like IFB going out or anything like that. So I'm I'm going to try and think of one because I don't want this to be like a precursor to something bad happening in the next live shot I have. So. How about this? How about this? I'll throw this one out for you. We talked about this on the panel we were on earlier this week. Mm-hmm. You had your camera light go out, and your wife had to yeah. pull the car around, right? <laughs> that did happen. I uh, I have actually – that's a good point. So I will tell that story. We were in Orlando for the, Chick- the Chick-fil-A cheese bowl um, and my top light on my camera went out. Luckily, my wife, Madison, was there with me, and she pulled our station car or our rental car behind the camera and turn the high beams on to be my light kit for the live shot. Apparently it looked okay. Cause nobody called and said, why'd you look so weird in that live shot? <laughs> uh, but I have, I have had a live shot crash on me because I didn't have my batteries charged. Ooh. That sucked. It was at a state tournament basketball game in, in Norman. I was reading highlights on air and I looked, I was looking down at my phone to read. And in my, in my, in the background, I can see my live view and the live view, uh, cut off and so i knew i was like well i'm off air now so i i watched it back and i'm literally reading and as soon as the live shot cuts out it cuts right to our anchor and he's not even paying attention and then he like the deer in the headlights looks up and he's like okay it looks like we lost tj uh, uh he's scrambling around so that sucked nice he didn't have the scores handy and ready to go he did not have the scores oh, handy he man. didn't have the ability to read the highlights you know they're just not <laughs> dual purpose back there at the studio no, no they're not all right i'm gonna put you on the spot tj before we let you get out of here I want you to tell me who you would favor in this competition, the 405 or the 918. Are you ready? Okay. Who has the best roads, Oklahoma City or Tulsa? <laughs> Neither. Uh, <laughs> okay, fair. Tulsa. Tulsa's better. I feel like Oklahoma City's always in construction. False? Okay, well, you, you live there, so. Here's my problem with Tulsa, is you... In Oklahoma City, it's very easy. The numbered roads go one way. The named roads go oh, another way. We're not and doing Tulsa, this. I don't know how many times I've been told, like, hey, it's at the corner of 45th and 38th. And I'm like, those are two numbered roads. There's not a corner. <laughs> Listen, You're have to do, like, I just got in this argument. The, the roads in Tulsa are numbered in blocks. They're, they're blocked. So, like, it's 11th, 21st, 31st, 41st. They're in 10s. Edmond, for example... Second, fifteenth, thirty-third. There's no uniformity. There's none. How do I know where I'm at? It, it makes no sense. Okay, I, thank you. I think we both have fair points on that one, but uh, agree to disagree. I think, I think your your first answer of neither is probably correct. That's probably accurate. Uh, who has the better restaurants? You want to go get something to eat? Where would you rather be uh, placed at? Right in the middle of Tulsa or right in the middle of Oklahoma City? Oklahoma City. It's just more. There's more. It's more diverse. There's there's more options to choose from. Probably the product of being in a bigger city. But oh, Tulsa has some good spots. But Oklahoma City, much more depth. What about nightlife? You want to have a drink? You want to go somewhere? And I know this is probably a personal preference. But where would you rather, you know, sit, be able to talk shop with some buddies, and maybe have a, a beverage or two? Tulsa's getting better, but Oklahoma City is still. Still has plenty more options, and and Oklahoma City's really good. Even going to other places, they've got some some nice spots to kind of just chill and hang out there downtown. Now, this one I think might be in the nine one eight's favor. What about the best music scene? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't get out much for music when I was in Oklahoma City or the Edmond area, but Tulsa's just got so many good spots and historic. I mean, they got the Canes. I mean, that feels like that kind of trumps everything. But the BOK Center, again, has, has been a really good pool for a lot of artists. So I think, I think Tulsa probably ha- takes that one, too. I was always told that my granddad and grandma met dancing at Canes, which... Is that right? I, was, I think so. I think that's true, which is a cool story. In fact, I think it might have been uh, around when Bob Wills was playing at Canes. I oh. think he's, his ghost is still there, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> they say they say that's the case, yeah. Now, this is going to be a real tough one for you. You mentioned you walked on and played golf at UCO. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, In fact, why don't you go ahead and tell people right now, you've got the Red Dirt Golf Hour... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on the franchise. I know you do some stuff with them, so I'll let you promote that first. Yeah, Red Dirt Golf Hour. It's me, Jared Gallagher, and Spencer Drury, and Brennan Morris. Those three kind of founded Red Dirt, and they were originally just an online digital brand promoting golf in Oklahoma. They wanted to branch out and do some more traditional media stuff. So now, uh, during golf season, we're on the franchise for about an hour once a week, and talking about golf in Oklahoma, we'll do some PGA Tour stuff, interview guests. It's a great time. It's it's a great spotlight on how good the golf is here in the state of Oklahoma, mainly. With that said, better golf, 918 or 405? Been asked that a lot. I think the private golf is better in Tulsa. I feel like we have some really good private country clubs. But I think the public golf scene's better in Oklahoma City, I, I, especially the city courses. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma City's city courses are just running laps around Tulsa. Like, the Fortune's pretty good, but, I mean, Lincoln has two good ones. Hefner has two pretty good ones. I think Trosper's nice. Uh, I just It just feels like Oklahoma City public courses have it figured out. They're always in good shape. Uh, Tulsa's got some good ones again, but OKC's got some good depth in terms of public courses. All right, last question. There's no way out of this one. This oh. thing is going to air after OU Texas. We're recording it before OU Texas. What happened at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> are we happy about it? Are we sad about it? I don't know. What are we? <laughs> what do you What do you think happened? Tell everybody what happened. What so I, as so, we're recording, what's your prediction? So I've I've been on the record saying I think Texas ends up winning, but I've been picking OU. Because at Channel 8, Michelle Montaigne's our other sports anchor, and she's a Texas grad, and so she's been promoting the heck out of Texas. And I, I can't do that. I can't be a Texas-only station at Channel 8. So I've been picking OU. Here's, here's what I do truly think happens, Todd, is that OU plays really well. I think they look a lot better clearly than last year. But it's probably going to come down to a, a possession or two late, which I think is what everybody kind of wants to see. I just feel like Texas maybe – I think it's probably somewhere in like the 34-31, 35-31 range for Texas is my is what I'd say. So if OU wins, yell at TJ Eckert. He was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, if OU loses big, yell at TJ Eckert. It was his fault. Uh, <laughs> that's that's what happens. <laughs> that's how we react to that one. TJ, man, I really appreciate you joining me. I know uh, I've said this before, but our our relationship goes all the way back to when I was doing sideline reporting for UCO football back in the day and you were playing quarterback. So um, even though, you know, uh, you and I aren't like the best of buds or anything, I've always considered you a friend and I know that it's been cool to watch your career grow throughout the years. So seriously, I appreciate it. And I know right after we record this, you're headed down to Texas. So I hope you have a really good time this weekend. Todd, appreciate that. Thank you. I feel like we've been close since your time there on the sidelines. Now you've grown up to the play-by-play guy. So roll shows. Yeah, now I don't have to stand out in the heat anymore, although (laughs) uh, we're starting to get the fall temperatures finally.
You have been listening to the Todd Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, if this is your first time hearing or watching the show, be sure to subscribe on YouTube or to your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. We'll talk to you next time on the Todd Pod. Mm-hmm.